Hey, podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for the All Saints Lutheran Sermon Series of Podcasts. We're so delighted that you've landed on this page, and we ask that you contextualize yourself by reading the descriptor. Enjoy, and let us know what you think. Every once in a while, it's usually when my brain's too full, I will open up my phone, and I will fall into the Facebook phenomena called reels. Do any of you know what this is? Okay, for those of you who don't know what this is, it's like a tiny little videos that aren't very long for those of us who have very short attention spans. (laughs) And it might not surprise you what I favor when it comes to reels. Mostly it's a lot of reels or, or even Instagram on Golden Retrievers, because why not? I mean, they're so cute. I haven't found like one just for doodles, but okay. This one, I'll watch over and over again. Cats playing soccer. (laughs) Seriously, I don't know how they put this thing together, but those cats are awesome. It's so much better than the World Cup right now. I can't even tell you. (laughs) And then, of course, endless ways to make pottery. Which, and I know you've watched me make pottery, but it is mesmerizing when somebody else is doing it. And my computer, it knows things. So it sends me things because I sometimes like watching people make food. Have you seen some of these? You know, they put a big thing out and they put more stuff and then they roll it up and then they whack it up mull it and shove it and and you're just like salivating staring at the screen going why doesn't this thing smell like there's this one that has a new high protein kind of bread and it contains powdered egg whites and something else I don't know what but you can eat as much of that bread as you possibly can and you won't gain one pound (laughs) yeah no, that's what it said. <laughs> or, or these these other ones on, um, like they get shredded. Like they just shred all their food. They shred everything, and then they put it into a bowl, and then they find this magnificent like dressing that you can make in like two seconds. And they they throw the ingredients at you so fast that you, then you're like clicking on the comments to find what is that because they love it. <clears throat> Or the one bowl meals. I mean, who doesn't love one meal that's all in one bowl? And seeing that I make bowls, then I eat the meal in the bowl, and then I'm like really satisfied because I ate something out of something that I made. So now my algorithms think they know what I like. This is a thing. But I have yet to see a golden retriever chopping up vegetables while a cat throws a piece of pottery on a wheel with a soccer ball as an object of its attention. <laughs> when that happens, I will be fully satisfied and never need to see another reel. <laughs> Which brings me to the Gospel of Matthew. <laughs> There are algorithms everywhere. We start with parables, seeds, weeds, wheat, pearls, merchants, fisher people, and everyone who hears a story about faith always completely understands what Jesus says. 
Do you understand, Jesus said, and the people say? And do they know anything? Yes, they have no clue, which is okay, because it is very likely that they are picking up some of what Jesus is saying. And perhaps he needs to be a bit repetitious and create an algorithm of grace in their lives so they can pick it up bit by bit. You see, the people are storing stories from long ago. They remember that generations ago, the Israelites escaped Egypt on foot. On foot. I want you to think about that. Just put your feet on the ground. Feel that earth below you. They escaped Egypt on foot, just as they were following Jesus on foot, away from cities occupied by Roman soldiers. I bet they even remember that following the very first Passover, that the children of Israel journeyed from Ramsey to Sukkoth, about 6,000 men on foot. And from numbers, the Israelites are... 600,000, and God said, meat I will give them. In Matthew, all the people are following Jesus into a wilderness area on foot. And what does Jesus do? He feeds them. Now, I mention this because next week, saints and siblings, we're going to be learning more about Elijah and how he followed in the footsteps, yes, again, on foot, of Moses. Side note, not in the script, so we'll see where we go. But I challenge myself once a year to preach just on the Older Testament. And you're welcome, because that's coming next week to a pulpit by you. (laughs) Tune in, because it's going to be a fascinating story of what happens when people place their faith in idols and lies instead of the creator of the universe. Now, how many people are following Jesus on foot? 5,000. 5,000 not counting women and children. This inclusion of women and children reflects the reference of the 600,000 and the hearers. They would have known this. They would have connected these two things in their mind. They are now a part of a new exodus, a new era where the promise of Isaiah may actually come true in this person that is showing them what it means to be faithful to God and who embodies God's faithfulness toward each and every person that Jesus encounters. Ho, come all you who are thirsty. Come to the waters. And you, you that have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen. Repeat, repeat, right? So we pay attention. Listen, listen to me and eat what is tov, what is good. And you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. 
Ho, come all who are thirsty. The masses find themselves in a deserted place. The Greek, by the way, for deserted is erimos. The same word that was used for the area that God demanded Pharaoh release to the enslaved Israelites. Exodus 5 reads, Thus says the Lord of God of Israel, Send away my people that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. Erimos. Today, in the breaking of the bread, a feast is held. Listen, can you find the algorithm here? Jesus took five loaves of bread and two fish, and looking to heaven, he blessed it and broke it and gave the bread to the disciples. He's not distributing it. The disciples are distributing it. The little children distributed it and gave it to the crowds. Likewise, in the night in which he was betrayed, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples. Do you see the pattern here? The algorithm? The miracles that Jesus shares with the people around food are always a feast. And here's the part that I love. Jesus had compassion on them. Jesus had compassion for all the people with the exception of the ones who were preventing people from having a full and lasting relationship with God. Compassion. Here is an important side note on compassion, because compassion from the Greek really means this whole section here, in your guts, fully, that churning or that hitch or that that visceral reaction that you get. You know like when somebody crashes? Like, I don't know, Tour de France and the bike goes over the mountain and you just go, and your stomach just flips? That's what I'm talking about. Or when a little kid falls off their bike, what does your stomach do? It clenches. Jesus had compassion on the masses of the people that are following him on foot because they have nowhere else to turn. They need care, they need protection, they need hope, and they need nurture. And Jesus had compassion, a full-on feeling of wanting to help throughout his time as a rabbi with his feet on the ground on the earth that we too trod. He created ordinary things into something that gives people hope, hope for the moment and hope for a better future which is the new life that we have all been given. Water turned to wine, bread and fish filled, the hungry with good food, the abundance of God's love and compassion are ever flowing like waters for those who thirst. Come to me, all who you are thirsty, and I will give you a drink, a cup of cold water. Lay your burdens upon me, and I will give you rest for your weary souls. Show me the patterns. Show me the algorithms. The exodus to the wilderness and promised land on foot. The 5,000, not counting women and children, follow Jesus amidst Roman occupation and find hope for the kingdom of God drawing near on foot. The blessing of the bread and the fish. The engagement of the disciples to administer the food just as the children did a moment ago. 
The blessing of the bread, this is my body, Jesus said, given for you. Remember me whenever you eat this. This means that if you had a snack during service today, you're remembering what Jesus did for you already. There are patterns, there are algorithms throughout all the Bible. And they center, they center on hospitality. On welcoming, feeding, tending to the brokenhearted, rest for the weary soul, healing and restoration to community for those who were seen as unclean, meaning not seen at all. Hey, we have some work to do. Right around this neighborhood, right around this church, siblings and saints, hear me. The patterns of the mission and ministry of Jesus Christ are clear. We do what Jesus would do. We bless instead of curse. We bind up each other's hurts instead of inflicting pain. We feed one another through words that uplift instead of words that diminish. We drink the wine and we remember the first Passover and the one of which once said, no matter what, you are Forgiven. You are my beloved. You are my children. You are not alone. You are mine. Gently to his bosom gather. The algorithm in our lives are to reflect those of Jesus Christ, period. Meet people where they're at and connect them to the full life of Christ. Or, as we all know, show up, do good, be kind. Follow those patterns of faith on foot and be filled with the goodness of God. And for this good news, we can all say, thanks be to God.